Hello, 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 everyone. How's everyone doing this evening on this Friday, January the 14th? I am Alvin King, and welcome to a new episode of He Said, He Said, He Said, a look at the world from a seasoned Black man's perspective. Again, welcome to our show tonight, and happy Martin Luther King birthday weekend to all of you. I hope that uh, you find something to do to help commensurate uh, this holiday weekend. And it seems like it was only yesterday that, that we were celebrating because it, this, the year has gone by so fast, but it also feels like we are where we were last year with, this, um, with, with these COVID cases. Um, now we did have a vaccine uh, that came out last year around this time, but you know, the cases are rising and I really feel like we are where we were last year because we're not doing what we need to do. So ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please do whatever you can to take care of yourself and those around you, all right? Please do. Um, tonight, we are talking about co-switching, ladies and gentlemen, okay? And if any of you are like me, it was a year ago that I was hanging out with a friend and I asked him, how was his partner doing? And he said, oh, he's okay. He was thinking about going out tonight with some friends, but he's, he doesn't feel like code switching. I was like, code switching? What? <laughs> I honestly didn't know what it was. And apparently the term has been around for a very long time. So I started doing research and here we are tonight to talk about that, um, that particular topic. And we have a great panel for you tonight and I can't wait to get into it. But one of the biggest uh, takeaways that I've gotten from my research on code switching was that as it pertains to race, code switching is not black people trying to fit in to a white culture. It's really about us trying to survive it. And we're gonna get more into that and you're going to learn more about code, code switching as we go along. But why do we, why do we code switch, ladies and gentlemen? Well, for the most part, we code switch to identify with a particular social group. And most of the time, we don't even realize that we're doing it. Our conversation on code switching tonight promises a very open dialogue with a diverse panel, as I've said, on how individuals, particularly people of color, adjust all forms of communication and expressions based on their audience and psychological, emotional, and mental wellness impact it has on our lives. But before I bring on my co-host, I want to show you a clip of a co-switching clip that I think all of you can identify with. Roll it. Hola, amiguita. Hola, amiguita. ¿Cómo estás? Qué chula te ves. Te veo. Oh, hey. Yeah, how you doing? I'm better now. Oh, hey, Black Queen. Hey, Black Queen. How you doing? Get popping. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please bring in my co-host, Mr. Vaj Bodhi and Mr. Nigel Asford. Come on in, guys. How you guys doing? What's I'm up? Doing what's good. up? How are you doing? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> okay, see, it's going to be that kind of night. Hey, 
thank you guys for for joining the show tonight again. Um, as as we as I said earlier, this is a topic that we've spent some time on. You know, putting the show together, and there are three points of views just right here that mm -hmm. that as we speak to this topic that we're going to lay out tonight. So um, I think it's going to be a good show. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, I want to share with with you all. I don't know if you guys have traveled already, but I'm getting ready to get on a plane tomorrow for the very first time in two years, mm -hmm. and I am scared itless. Okay, I mean, I'm going to be the guy on the news that they say, "Who the hell is that in that white hazmat suit trying to get on a plane?" I, you have no idea how I've had to prepare and the I, i'm sure other people are experiencing that too for the first time the anxiety of traveling i so i don't know how you guys have done it because you all i know nigel has traveled at least i know that on a plane and so yes. yeah i i don't know how you guys maneuver through that but that that's something that i know a lot of people having a lot of anxiety around because if i'm having it somebody else is having it. okay so i barely go to the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Okay. And when I do, I use my cart as sort of a boundary. Like if I think someone's getting oh, wow. too close to me, I put my cart behind me and walk around. Get too close to the front, move my cart to the front. I'm like boundaries. I, I don't know how you're doing it. Well, I think I'm, it's also generational because um, I think when we look back when COVID first started. You know, they were saying, oh, if you're 50 and up, then you're most likely to get it. And you saw all these 20 somethings just jumping on these cheap flights, flying everywhere and then ending up getting COVID and then being spreaders. So I think now that people have gotten this vaccine, the 20 somethings are like, OK, let's travel. We're at least likely to get it again. And um, I think we, we just have way more. I don't know, like, uh, we're more gutsy because I think, you know, at a young age, you just think, oh, I'm, in, I'm invincible until we end up in the hospital. <laughs> well, you, you do bring up a good point, but I hope they've learned by now because there's been a year of, okay, if they need, to, if they need any more proof of, the, of, their not, of, their, of them not being invincible and, and can, you know, beat COVID, um, I don't know what else to tell them. But yeah, um, I'll be checking in with you all while I while, when I get to where I'm going because uh, I really am kind of in a little place with it. But thank you for letting me share that, you guys. You guys ready to move into the show tonight? Yes. You ready? Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, oh, first of all, thank Blue. Thank you for joining the show tonight, David. Thank you for for uh, joining the show tonight on uh, Code Switching. Hey, Monica. Monica was one of the people who I told about Code Switching. She said, "What's that?" So Monica, we're we gonna show you, we're gonna tell you tonight, Monica. Thank you for joining us. Um, our, we have two guests who are joining us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and our first guest is actually returning. Um, she holds a PhD, a license as a clinical social worker and earned her terminal degree in industrial organizational psychology with a specialization in organizational psychology. She has been providing licensed mental health services for 20 plus years to children adolescents and families. Our second guest or our, the next guest, um, he is a veteran journalist, media executive, public relations professional and media consultant. He is also the president and CEO of Ivory Communications, an all purpose media consulting and marketing firm based right here in Northern Virginia. Lee, as I call him, is an ex-colleague at USA Today Gannett 
where he was the former deputy managing editor of USA Today's news and sports departments. But through his incredible journey at USA Today, he has covered everything from presidential and congressional elections to NASA and civil rights. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our two guests tonight, Dr. Donita King-Holmes and Mr. Lee Ivory. How you guys doing? Hey, hey, how are you? Hello. Hey, hey, hey. I can't so, Alvin, of, I, Alvin, I have I have one one word for you. Uh, as yes, you sir. Get ready to start your travels. Uh huh. You said those, oh you, uh, you said oh the mask. What, yeah. Oh the mask. Oh. Yeah, those those really good ones. I just got back from Arkansas and I was on two of the big three twenty Airbuses. And you know, there's a, a few hundred people on there, and I was scared to death. But as long as you got your 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 really good paper mask, don't wear the cloth mask. You're good. Lee, again, you. <laughs> I, I have. I'm wearing two masks now. Okay. There you and, go. There you and, go. And, and and a visor and a white hazmat suit. But you thank go. you, Th thank thank you for that. I, I really appreciate that. And um, tr trust me, I'm going to do whatever I can to protect myself. Donita, uh, thank you for joining us again tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> so, if you all are ready, and like I told them, Donita and Lee has not seen any of the questions. Uh, so let's go ahead and start um, the show. So the first question is, in your opinion, what is code switching? So let me start with you, Donita. Okay. Um, well, historically, when people uh, mentioned or thought about code switching, it was pretty much limited to um, language. And anyone who spoke multiple languages, they were code switching. But when I started studying and looking at code switching from an organizational um, perspective, you look at um, how it's impacted people of color. And when they, when we think about code switching for people of color, we're not talking about just language, but how they interact with people, mm. how they uh, speak to people, how their speech is interpreted by others. Um, and you mentioned something in your introduction that we are inherently almost unconsciously taught code switching from the time we arrive in this world. Mm. We experience things and from a survival perspective, we we learn to code switch very early in order to survive. Right. Okay. Um, so that is essentially in the in the short uh, definition, code switching is uh, how we um, interact or have to change and interact in different situations with other people and how we speak in order to for you'd say it's not about fitting in, but it is about fitting in to different um, situations, different uh, cultural settings, whether that's the workplace, um, a family setting, we do that switch in order to adapt or fit in from a survival perspective in order to be accepted to some degree as well. Okay, do any of you have anything to add? No, I think that's really pretty much all encompassing. I mean, it's to fit in and to survive and it's really based on any social situation, uh, like you said, whether it's work, family, any other location, well done. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. So, um, well, okay, for our, then we'll, we'll move right into our next question. And I wanna give each of you, if you can, you know, probably a minute and a half to answer this question. Can you give a positive and a negative example of how code switching has impacted your life? Lee? 
Well, that's that's a that's a good that's a good one. A good one. Well, I think that um, uh, you know, obviously, this uh, this affects all of us. And uh, Danita is absolutely right. It's about speech and the, the way you act, but it's it's also your appearance, your behavior, and the way you express yourself. And that you know, the idea is to make other people outside our communities more comfortable with us. You know, with the with the notion that if they're more comfortable with us, uh, we'll receive fairer treatment, uh, better service or employment opportunities uh, in particular. But um, for me, um, that's a tough question. It, it uh, I mean, I think that code switching, obviously, any, any person of color in the United States right now um, of the last 30 years, 35, 40 years, whatever, uh, you know, we've we've been very fortunate to have taken advantage of uh, a lot of folks who came before us and kind of mm-hmm. laid the laid the groundwork, you know, for us to to get much better jobs and get promoted and and what have you. And uh, but but even then, once we get into these gigs, you know, we have to um, behave a certain way, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to speak a certain way in meetings. We have to, if, if those of us who do public speaking, uh, we have to speak the Queen's English when we're talking to crowds outside of our communities. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, taking advantage of that in our education, um, and like Danita said, you know, our parents start telling us, you know, from the day that we're old enough to understand. Uh, the language, you know, boy, don't be going out here, you know, splitting the work, no verbs and infinitives and saying ain't and all that, you know, you know what I mean? I grew up in a Southern household mm-hmm. where, you know, the civil rights movement was right outside my door. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so we, where are you from? Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. Okay. Bill, Bill Clinton's hometown, Hot Springs, okay. Arkansas. Yeah. And so we got those lessons, you know, and so it, it really helped us, uh, you know, in school, it helped us in college, it helped us, uh, you know, when we got to our professional lives uh, and, and to be successful. Okay. Well, does anybody else want to weigh in on that question? How uh, has uh, in a positive or negative way? I will, sure. I will say, that, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> go ahead, Anita. No, go ahead. Let's go ahead, Nigel. I would say for me, the positives being a person who loves the network, it was almost like a game to me, yeah. um, venturing out to different people who might have been Caucasian, who might have been professional, who might have been Hispanic, who might have been African-American, who might have been everything from the upper class to the lowest of the low. And it was like, I wonder, can I connect with these people? Yeah. And being a broadcast major and starting my career in TV reporting, you had to learn how to adapt to different types of people and different types of backgrounds. So it was like such a challenge to me in a game. And how can I, as a human being, connect to this human being? And I might not come from the same background from them but I can connect with them in some type of way. And it it was like a game, but I will say the negatives for me, I think growing up, um, going to a private Catholic school um, where I think African-Americans was what, 2% 
of the students that were there from fresh from um, pre-K all the way to um, 12th grade. Um, it was just very, it was very weird because I thought they defined what professionalism was. I right. thought they defined who I was supposed to be and how I was supposed to act. And that grew up with me. And I feel like we did not know who we were as African-American people. We just knew we had to, um, I think it was the news that survive. We just had to learn how to survive. Right. And um, I think that was the negative. And so we got into college, became free thinkers and understood there is a plethora of people who comes in different images, who comes in different ways and, and who speaks different languages. And you don't have to fit this mold to be a professional or to be a millionaire or to be in business. You can come in different shapes and sizes. That's right. And just do it all. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. so um, I, uh, I want to keep moving. So um, if you guys, Donita, I know you were going to say something to the positive and the negative. Anything you want to add to that? Um, I was just, I'm glad I told Naja to go first because, um, and th he, he mentioned being social. And I think it's, we need to identify that it's, it's beyond being a social person. It's about what you may have to lose mm -hmm. within yourself when you become a social person, social person. So I'm a social butterfly. And like Naja, growing up, diversity, it was, I was placed in different situations. So I could... I could be a chameleon and go from the hood to a high level tea party. And I knew exactly how to interact in those different settings. I think the negative impact of that is that we're constantly as people of color having to fit in or adapt to settings, whereas the rest of the world or the majority is told they don't have to accept us, our authentic and true self. And the negative mm -hmm. part of that is that it is exhausting especially when you're social and you're having to switch in these different settings in order to advance, in order to connect with people who, mm -hmm. and then you, you get older and realize, um, like you said, you become a free thinker and you say, wait a minute, hold up. What's, what's wrong with this? Yeah. What's wrong with this picture? That was okay. Right. <laughs> hmm. So, uh, you so, guys, we have so many people commenting yes. in the comments. I just want to yeah. jump to them <laughs> really quickly. Uh -huh. First of all, hi, Jessif. Hi, Scott. Um, Sharon, she says she's looking forward to hearing what you have to say, Lee. David has asked, is it wrong to code switch? We're going to address that. I have a feeling we are. Uh, Rudy Miles has asked, what's the difference between code switching, being multifaceted, or being professional slash appropriate? We might be getting to that a little bit later, too. Christine has asked, how do we feel code switching is affecting men uh, in the workforce now that there's a heightened awareness about men interacting with female colleagues? Um, and then, of course, Wanda wants to let you, let you know, Lee, that y'all used to code switch a lot at USA Today. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I, can I just throw a little something in yeah. real quick? Uh-huh. Um, I just wanted to piggyback a little bit of what Nigel said and, and what Danita said. Uh, uh, if, if for Nigel, your comments were like dead on, absolutely dead on. <clears throat> Excuse me. I took it to, to, to I enjoyed, I enjoyed my time. A newsroom, you got to understand, there's, there's no other workplace like a newsroom mm -hmm. because it's full of type A people. Um, you know, everybody, you know, thinks they're super smart. 
You know, they're coming at the news from so many different ways, so many different uh, 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 races and ethnicities and stuff, you know, in, in, in interplay in these news meetings and in a newsroom. So you have to figure out a way to talk to each other and to so you can put out the best product that you can every day. And yeah. so it uh, to me, I really enjoyed it. You know, uh, like Danita, you know, I, I'm probably uh, considered a social butterfly, too. And so I enjoy talking to people and learning about them, learning about, and embracing our differences and 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 and, and, and that sort of thing. But um, to, to Danita's point, it is exhausting. I just read a Harvard Business Review piece about code switching and about the psychological impact that it takes, uh, the toll that it takes, uh, in particular on people of color. Like she said, it's exhausting. It's exhausting for us to have to go through our scholastic lives, our professional lives, you know, playing this 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 duality, you know. You know, I've, I've told people all my life, I said, black folks ought to win an honorary Academy Award every year, you know, because you, because of the roles that we play and we yeah. play so well, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, but uh, a little piece of the negative here, some of the negative pushback that you'll see to code switching or uh, kind of an offshoot of code switching sometimes comes from us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, depending you know, depending on how hard you're playing the game, mm -hmm. because some people see that as you're selling out. Right, right. You know, and so right. we'll probably get into right. that a little bit more down yeah. the road. Too, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank well, you. All. Well, oh, go ahead, Vosh. Sorry. Well, Sorry. I was going to say. I mean, some of the negative impacts uh, as well are, are also within the black community. I mean, being a gay black man, some of the negative things with me with code switching, I am not able to code switch out of gay to straight hetero black. I just can't do it. <laughs> There's like neon just pointing at me as I try to do it. It's just not happening. So, I mean, you know, we have to, I, we should look at that at some point yeah. too. No, yeah, I think, absolutely. I think, and, and funny you said that, Vosh, because that, that, that's been probably one of my biggest, if we want to say, hurdles with code switching, you know, but, um, I'll speak more, I'll elaborate more on that as we get through the show. So right. our next question, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is what is the negative short slash long-term impact on people of color of which we've kind of, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm going to use the term glossed over that a bit, but if let, 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 let's take a minute to uh, a few minutes to speak on that as well. What is the negative short slash long-term impact on people of color? Well, I would like to say that it, it makes people feel like they are less than when they are not switching into this other code, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's presented to us that do switch as, oh, you're trying to act better than, as someone said, or you're trying to sound white, or you do sound white. Exactly. And, and that has an impact on both parties, right? Yep, the person right. who's saying it as well as the person who's receiving it. So it's divisive. Yeah, yeah. It makes you feel isolated. Divisive. Yeah, it does. Does okay. I I think uh, what a negative, the negative impact on code switching, for I think one one can lose themselves if they're not mm -hmm. a confident person. Absolutely. If if, yeah. if they're not grounded, um, or you know their self esteem is challenged. 
That's right. Code switching can allow them to lose themselves. And then when you're around someone who is pretty confident in who they are and they notice that, that's where the clash becomes and you might not develop the relationship that you were hoping to have with that individual. So, and, and, and especially when code switching doesn't necessarily pay off. You know, you know what I mean? When it doesn't, when it doesn't, uh, you, you know, that people say the end justifies the means. Well, sometimes, you know, you don't get that promotion that you've been looking for. You don't get the job you've been looking for. You know, you don't get invited to the uh, the work gatherings that you've been wanting to get invited to. And you've been doing your darndest to code switch and assimilate and, and do this. And so sometimes it doesn't it doesn't work. But well, well, when you, when you, what do you call it? Uh, when you start doing things, what, what, what is it? What I'm looking for? When you, when you start overcompensating, right? Who wants right. you around them anyway? You know what exactly. I'm saying? <laughs> people, <laughs> people, yeah. There's a fine line with that, you know? Because people can sniff that out. Folks yeah. can sniff yeah. that out, you know? Exactly, exactly. We, we have a few comments. First of all, Lee, everybody's like all geared up about your, uh, your, uh, your anchor voice. Um, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> uh, Sorry, uh, David. <laughs> uh, David said, Lee, so using your anchor voice during the news is code switching. <laughs> okay, wait a minute, David. We, we, yeah, in a way uh, it is. Yeah. In a way it is. Alma mm -hmm. and Alma says, I think everyone has a work voice and family home slash voice. Uh, the difference, I think, uh, is that when others are comfortable and come off in the home slash comfortable voice, they've assumed that they've assumed in the comfort zone. When right. I think I've read that all wrong. When black people do it, they're considered not as smart. I think we right. got to just sorry Alma, I, I botched up your, your comment, but yeah. I, I think I think we all got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um so let, let's move to the next question. What can people of color and particularly the LGBTQI community do to navigate in the corporate world? Well, I want to speak on that, but it wasn't corporate for me. I think it was more back in high school when we were such a small percentage of African-Americans in that school, we all gravitated towards that one black teacher that we had in the whole school. We would right. always arrive early, yep. um, 20 minutes, and it will be everybody from the popular sports, nerdy, like rich, poor, everybody, all people of color just went into that classroom that morning. And that was a time where we just felt safe and with around our own community. And it was crazy that Caucasian students were going around calling our meetups the BBB, yeah. the Black, Black, Black. Yeah. And in weeks later, we get an email from the administration saying, if you're not an organized school event, you are no longer, or organized school club, you are no longer able to meet with teachers yeah. before the bell ring. And it was crazy that they saw it almost as a threat. And yeah. then yeah. that's why we're just so excited about like um, organizations like in college, the NAACPs or 100 Black Men or our Divine Nine fraternities and sororities where we feel that sense of relationship, family, and also that networking sense where we can be ourselves but still get work done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would I would say, and this question kind of ties back into the one you just asked about short and long-term impact. And then when you right. think about in corporate America, um, some of the short-term impact is um, 
uh, low job satisfaction, mm-hmm. decreased work performance in the short run. Um, over time, though, on the long-term impact, feelings of abandonment on, for yourself, feeling yeah. abandoned, right. um, as well as depression and anxiety. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I found important in, in corporate America is mentorship and sponsorship. Yeah. Finding someone that you can connect with in corporate who understands um, what your experiences can be as a person of color in a corporate world and can help you navigate through it. Because without that support, it increases the chances of having or experiencing some of those long-term psychological um, effects like depression and anxiety. But Dania, going on the same question that we're asking about the, um, what can people of color and and LGBTQ community can do to navigate as a black woman, when you feel like you're the lowest on the totem pole behind the white man, the white woman and the black man, like you're not allowed to get angry. You're not allowed, you have to be faster, you have to be smarter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how do you navigate that as a black woman? Where do you go to feel, okay, I can put this shield down because everyone always thinks the black woman is always strong. Yeah. Right, yes, because we were plagued by that strong woman um, syndrome too that makes people think we don't need support um, as well. So for, for a black woman in, in, in corporate America, I've survived through code switching. I've advanced through code switching, but now I've arrived at a point where I no longer have to do as much code switching when you advance to a position where your voice is a deciding voice. So when um, you, and another way that I've tried to combat this experience for black women is being at the table because now you have a lot of corporate because of the Me Too and all these other movements, you'll now see a lot of diversity and inclusion trainings that are increasing in number. Yeah. The problem is a lot of the diversity and inclusion trainings are attended by frontline staff and the people who need to be in those trainings mm-hmm. are the leaders and the decision makers. Exactly. Those are the ones who need to be in those meetings about diversity and inclusion because they're the ones in power positions that are making it hard for people of color who are making it hard for the LGBTQ, the community. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. So my way of navigating was using code switch as a survival and a tool to get to a position where I need to be so that I can then go back and mentor other people of color and be in a position of a decision maker in order to help mentor them to get to places that would typically not be um, allowed for us to even transition into or to prevent them from being passed over for higher level positions. Right. Yeah, Danita's absolutely right. You're stealing all my stuff, Danita. <laughs> Sorry! You're just way too smart. You're just way too smart. But she, she's absolutely right because, but you know, the thing is, though, it's a, a, incumbent upon us to also do our homework. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. before we go to these companies, you know, we need to figure out, we, we do, right. need to do our own kind of right. uh, company appraisal. You know, it's not enough. You know, there are some companies that tout themselves as colorblind, you know, uh, uh, race neutral companies. Anytime that anybody white tells you, I don't see race, I don't see color, uh, watch your back. Because mm-hmm. n- not that they're uh, malevolent, but but perhaps they haven't given any kind of deep thought to what it means to be black in America. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. The very best companies are the ones that uh, Danita pointed out 
are the ones that practice inclusion and diversity. And they're, they're a little bit different, a little bit different, especially inclusion at high, the higher echelon. You know, okay. what I mean? it's really important because everything in these companies comes from the top down. You know, Gannett, where we worked, Alvin, uh, at the time had a great reputation right. for diversity, for hiring people of color and promoting women and, and you know, the, the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, we rode that for, you know, whatever it was worth. But, right. but not all companies are like that. And so we really have to pay attention to these places where we apply, where we work and figure out if and talk to people, you know, do your, mm -hmm. do your homework. It's not just enough to interview, right. you know, mm -hmm. you got to talk to people. Uh, everybody's got LinkedIn, you know, and it, the world is so small these days. Somebody knows somebody who works there to work. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And ask them, uh, the, the, the other, just really, really quick, uh, uh when you were asking uh, Nigel, the, the question about, um, you know, as a black woman, you know, how does she, kind of kind of get hers you know for us i think um in the in in journalism we have nabj which is the national association of black journalists yeah, yeah. and so every year you know we have a big convention and stuff but you know all mm -hmm. around, we're, we're doing programs to talk about you know code switching and training and diversity right. and inclusion and i cannot tell you how how much it recharges your battery every year when you go and you're surrounded by 3000 plus people, you know what I mean? Who go through the same thing that you go through every day. And you can have these conversations about, you know, this happened to me, man, you wouldn't believe what it, you know what I mean? It, it, and and, and mm -hmm. everybody has, well, what did you do? Right. You know what I mean? And so you walk away with with solutions and ideas and stuff like that and so you know we really have to have um you know groups that you know that, that we can go and and tap into those solutions oh, i wasn't saying and saying that about meeting and networking with so many people and who's teaching you all those type of things who in your opinion has done a good job of navigating corporate life huh um, oh, well, while you're thinking i'm just going to say president obama Okay. Yeah. Hey, okay. The, the I, I, I I don't know. I Great don't know. That, I'm talking icon. Okay. The ultimate. Right. And and that's all I have to say. President President Obama. Yeah. Is yeah, there any Obama? Yeah. I agree with that one. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you know, but but across the country, you know, there are thousands of examples mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. people of color uh, who have been successful, whether it's radio, whether it's television, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's Procter and Gamble. You know, whether it's Netflix, whether it's you know, it, whatever, you know what I mean? Anybody who is in a position um, uh, of authority, obviously, has done a really, really good job at, 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 at jumping over a lot of those hurdles. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, really, the truth is anybody who's working in corporate America has done a great job. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. so look, guys, I'm, I'm sorry because I, I got to keep this moving along because we have a few more questions that I know our viewers want to get to. So I'm going to use this method and this this wonderful term. We hit it and quit it. OK, you guys, we, we, <laughs> we're, 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 we're going to move through because we got to get it done. So one of our next questions that 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 came to us, uh, can you name an example of how it impacted you at work? 
I mean, I, I can say I benefited from it in a in a way. I have also been impacted from it because some uh, I've had black people use it against me. Okay, yeah. I've had my mm. own race use it against me, and and say that I'm projecting or being someone that I'm not. While all the while I'm moving ahead, and they're still back there. Yeah. Okay. So that 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 is my my example of how it's impacted me. It's actually made me a better person and a better thinker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. You, you know, when I when I was a reporter, uh, that's what I first think back to when I was a reporter, uh, particularly when I was uh, my, my first newspaper gig was in Shreveport, Louisiana and Shreveport, unlike uh, New Orleans and South Louisiana, is a pretty conservative place. Um. And so, uh, you know, there were situations where I would I would call people on the phone and set up interviews and I'd show up at their places, either their homes or places of business. And they didn't believe that it uh, that they had talked to me on the phone. You know, I mean, one mm -hmm. guy just flat out told me, well, you don't sound black, you know. And I'm like, well, OK, what, how am I supposed to sound? But conversely, there were brothers and sisters in at City Hall and on the city council who would talk to me who wouldn't talk to anybody else. Right. And, and we would, we would rap like we're rapping right now. And I got some really, really good stories, um, you know, by, you know, kind of turning on my blackness when I was with them, you know, that really helped me out. So, um, you know, that's one example, you know, okay. obviously, you know, trying to matriculate through USA Today um, you know, that, that was a, a, a tough task, but you know, it worked out. So. Okay. All right. Anyone else? Okay. Well, you know what, cause I'm, I'm going to move to the next question. What role did resiliency play in managing the impact? What role does resiliency play in managing the impact of code switching? I just spoke to that. I I, I think yeah. it, it it it's a lot. It it, it means a yeah, lot because a lot. you you it's a lot. You have to be strong. You you have to be resilient in order yeah. to deal with with some of the impacts of code switching. I think you mm -hmm. have to be. I think Danita hit it on the head. You know mm -hmm. when you were talking about just how exhausting it is for us to have to do that all the time, every day. You know, in most situations, and you know. It doesn't even stop once you get outside of work. You know, when, if you get in, invited to work events, oh my God, you know, you got to do the same thing. And so you really have to be selective about the parties that you want to go to or the cookouts you want to go to, <laughs> you know, and whether you feel like, you know, you're, 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 you're up for that, you know. What, Danita, what do you think? I agree. I think resili resiliency can be the differentiating factor between a person who is able to endure code switching because it is necessary just in life for people of color. Um, but I think it plays a, a vital role in preventing those long term negative that long term negative negative impact of mental health issues. Um, the irritability and dissatisfactions with jobs, which could contribute to repeated turnover um so resiliency i believe plays a, a big part of helping people to really navigate the world because i don't think they can exist without code switching it's yeah. a necessary part it's an essential part of of a, in a skill that people of color have to develop 
just to navigate in this world. And so resiliency, I think, is really the deciding factor between whether or not it has a, a negative impact over the long haul or if there are some protector factors put in face in place like resiliency, support, mentorship. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that help to prevent some of those long term negative effects of code switching. Yeah. So, so now you, I, go, go ahead, Lee. Uh -huh. no, no, I was just going to say uh, just real quick. You guys are familiar with uh, the Obama interpreter, right? The key and peel skit. Uh, yes, I. That, uh, that, 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 yes, yeah. yes, I am. Yeah, very popular. <laughs> that that is the epitome of code switching, right there. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. uh, they got the idea for when Team USA, when Obama was in office, and he went into <laughs> yeah. to the NBA locker rooms to visit Team USA. And there's there's video of it. You can see it. And Obama's going down the line. All, all the guys lined up to shake his hand. And he's going down the line and he's giving, you know, the, the white team personnel, the old traditional handshake. And then he gets to Kevin Durant and he's breaking it down, you know, pop locking, you know, and that's where Key and Peele got the idea uh -huh. for the Obama mm -hmm. interpreter, you know, mm -hmm. so just just to decide. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna move down down the list because uh, first of all let, let let's speak to some of our, our our viewers. Thank you so much for for being on here tonight. Joseph, I think was speaking to uh, uh, to the question that pertained to um, who uh, I think uh, da, 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 what, what was the question about who in corporate as an example right. uh, was was best at code switch. And she said the first was Ursula Burns, who served as CEO of Xerox from 2009 to 2016 Good and as and as chairman from 2010 to 2017. Yeah, very good. Uh, Lori said, Lori Grant, hey Lori, she said all black CEOs, top executives at white firms, i.e. Ken who Chenault at American Express, now now retired, okay? Yep. And yep. Alma says Sydney Poitier, okay? All right, thank you, thank you. So look, okay, I gotta, okay. How do you react when someone tries to speak your code? <laughs> oh my goodness! How, what, 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 what's your reaction to that? And <laughs> what is your reaction to that? I know m mine is wide-eyed. I, I have wide-eyed is like, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Because yeah. it takes a minute to actually realize that someone is actually speaking in a way that's kind of foreign to them or that we think is foreign to them. Yeah. You know, the audacity of it. You exactly. Know what I mean? Exactly. You know? Well, yeah. and I, it makes you want to want to ask them, what are again, what are you doing and why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. Why are you doing that? And it makes a very awkward situation for, um, yeah, in, in most cases. So, yeah, that that we, we wanted to make sure that we asked that question because we know all of you have had people code switch in front of you as well. So uh, we, we, we know you have. And, um, I, and we're getting near the end of our, our topic discussion because we now know that we can have a whole hour on code switching. Okay, we, we already know that. Um, and thank you to our viewers for, for making this possible. But um, does code switching affect your self-esteem? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So? If you if you can't be your authentic self, mm. then how does your self-worth, your self-image uh, um, 
how do you establish or develop a positive self-image when you're constantly having to shift what comes natural to who you are yeah. in order to fit in and adapt to and be accepted in other um, settings by other people? Yeah. So it definitely impacts self-esteem. Yeah. That's a constant message that's given to people of color that who you are is not good enough. Yeah. How yeah. you talk is not good enough either. Right. And if you talk appropriate or English, then your race is automatically um, perceived as yeah. you lack intelligence or you're acting like someone else. Yeah. Right. So. So it drives me insane when I hear people say, oh, you're talking white. And I will I will kindly check someone to say, when you say that to somebody, then that means that talking black is a negative thing. Negative. Yeah, right. it's less than, it's less, less than. than. It's right. A, right, it's, a, a, it's about lacking intelligence if you talk black. So in order to talk appropriate or not use slang means that is attached to being white. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I for, think Najee, mm -hmm. no, and for somebody who whose self esteem is not in in a good place, right. they will feel defeated. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and that that will ultimately limit their opportunity to advance if someone comes at them like that, particularly in a job setting or in an interview setting. If someone comes at them like that, th that level of defeat would allow them to lose that opportunity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it yep. just going after what somebody said earlier is so tiring. Um, yeah. I think going from a professional setting where I have to talk one way, then I get around my folks in Alabama and I have to switch <laughs> it around before they say, why are you talking like a white person? Right. And then when I go to a barbershop, I have to straighten it up because I'm afraid a black men might look at me about being too gay. And then I will have to just switch on and off and it gets so tiring to the point where you're saying, okay, now which one am I? Who am I? What, what I know how to put on these different hats, these different faces, these different masks. But when I go home at the end of the day, who am I? And it gets very, very, very exhausting. And at the age of 29, I think it's to the point where um, I, I think Mr. Ivory said, um, you have to do your research. Now, when I go to a barbershop, I have a barber who's a lesbian female, black lesbian female, who is amazing. I can talk to her about anything. Mm -hmm. I have friends who accept me. And now to my family, take it or leave it. You're the ones who sent me to the private schools to have me talk this way. So <laughs> y'all are gonna- <laughs> Deal with it, deal with deal it. With it. <laughs> well, I, you know, go ahead, Lee. Go I was ahead. just gonna say real quick, I never, I never correct my black brothers and sisters, you know, in the in the workplace, um, unless it's something that's really egregious. And the one thing that, though that is like a cat scratching on the blackboard for me is when somebody is front in, in in front of a bunch of folks outside our community and repeatedly says X. Ah, I knew that was good. Crazy. You know, I've been in situations where I, I remember this one brother, he was speaking. He gave this beautiful speech. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. 
and he was like, "Let me ask you." Oh man! <laughs> but you know, Lee, it and the shows Christmas up as, as documented as an acceptable form. Of I know, ask. I know that now. Crazy? It is now. I know. It is now. It's yes, it's crazy. You know, but 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 to be clear now, whereas we 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 probably code switch more than anybody else. Right. You can make the argument, but you know, white people code switch too. Yeah. Of you course. Know? I had a I had a really good I had a really good buddy from uh, from Florida who worked at USA Today, and and his twain, I mean, he sounded like he sounded like uh, 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 Jed Clampett, except when he got to work, he sounded like Mr. Drysdale. You know, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Y'all too young. Y'all too young to get that one. Good, 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 good people. We have uh, come to the end of our topic section um, tonight on code switching. And um, I, I want to ask this, this last question. And it's really like a yes or no. Okay. Uh, it's just a yes or no. How can you avoid? Oh, I'm sorry. It's not a yes or no. Can you avoid code switching? No. 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 Not completely. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, please thank you all viewers for joining us on this topic tonight. It was very important to Bosch, Nigel, and I that we had this discussion. And we couldn't have had this type of discussion if we didn't have Lee Ivory and Dr. Holmes with us tonight. And we cannot thank you all enough. Thank you for being thank here. Thank you for having um, us. Thank, thank you. you. No, thank you. And we will bring An you honor. back because. Code switching part two has to happen. Okay, yeah. but absolutely. But for our second segment tonight, uh, Vosh has put together a code switching game. Oh, yes. Okay. Code <laughs> so switching. Take it away, Vosh. Yes, code switching <laughs> is all about uh, terms that you swap in in places. So yeah. I want to check and see how much y'all know. So <laughs> I have a little test. It's the HST. He said, he said, he said, slang test. So if you are at home and you are watching, you are welcome to participate. So the game is played. There's going to be seven terms off to the side, numbered one through seven. You're going to get a definition. And then for each definition, there's going to be four. You're going to choose the term that goes with it. So ultimately, your answer is going to look like this. If you are playing at home, you're going to put your answers in the comments section. And at a certain point, I'm going to ask you to hit send to send them to us so we can see you guys over here playing. Why don't you guys put your answers into the private chat? And that way you can hit enter on the private chat and we can see. So no one's cheating on our on our panel. Y'all got that? You got it. You got, <laughs> it. Ready? you got it. You got it. Our first word is slay. All right. Mm -hmm. Our second term is bridge troll. Slaps is number three. Vaccinista is number four. Chugi, number five. Yassification, number six. And plog is term number seven. Everybody ready? Uh huh. So, definition number one. Okay. Which word means impressive, good, or worthy of attention? Oh, okay. I'm okay. going to go ahead and put mine Here's in your right answer. There. Put it okay. into, right? <laughs> going on to number two. Which term means outstanding, better than anything else? 
I'm gonna lose Choose your this turn. game. I'm gonna lose this game. I'm gonna lose this one too. I'm gonna lose right, this. I'm gonna lose this. Okay. Y'all ready? Yep. Everybody ready? Moving yep. on. Number three. It means uncool, untrendy. Someone who is stuck in older trends. Oh, it better Make a be choice what I from think our it seven is. terms. Okay. okay. Ready? Uh huh. Number four. Last question. Last definition. A person who gets vaccinated and flaunts it with high-end trips and parties. <laughs> I better get this right. I better get this right. I better get right. this right. Did you say you leave it? Uh, All right. Everybody, if you're playing at home, submit oh my your God. answers. Hit enter. I want to see the, some answers popping up into the comments. Oh, my God. You all, you hit your answers because I'm checking yours now as well. All right. Okay. Everybody ready? Hear the answers. Oh, wait a minute. They are going. I think I'm a, okay. Wait a minute. Oh, that's, man. The that's the answer. The answers are one three, right. I got five, one right. four, six. Three, five, four, six. I want to see. I got none of them right. Clearly, I got them all wrong, ladies and gentlemen. I got every last one of them wrong. Yeah, I got them all wrong. I don't believe you have anyone who got them all right. Let me show you guys what all the answers actually are. It was three slaps. It means impressive, good, worthy of attention. The new burrito at Chipotle, it slaps. Is that like a current thing? Like how current are these terms? Yeah, right. Very current. These are all very current. I made sure I pulled the ones that were from 2021 and beyond, and I checked multiple sources. Uh, I confused you guys because slaps and slay could be confused with yeah. uh, two. Yeah, uh, yeah. Chugi and bridge troll could be confused. So Chugi is uncool, untrendy. <laughs> I can't. My mind is all over the place right now. This is too heavy for me. This I is know, okay. hilarious. You know I'm old. <laughs> like, but I well, think. Well, first of all, Vosh, thank job. you. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Okay. I learned something tonight. I learned oh, something tonight. We all learned that I'm Alvin like, is a vaccinista and going to be going away right, on vacation. Right. Okay. Because right. I was ready to call someone a vaccinista to, tomorrow. I was going, oh, she's a vaccinista or whatever. Okay. Okay. But, um, but no, again. Uh, we cannot thank you enough, Lee and Donita, for being oh, thank here. Thank you. Thank um, you. You, thank you guys are like thank absolutely incredible. Us. Thank you. And viewers, we can't do this show without you. So please, please, please uh, applaud yourselves and go to our Instagram, our Facebook page, and, and our YouTube page and like us. Click, like, share. Okay? We want to hear from you. And uh, we really do appreciate you guys joining us tonight. Now, um, Oh, this is slap. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Christina. So next week, ladies and gentlemen, um, we will not be on the air ne next week because um, uh, our vaccinista is taking the vaccinista is away. <laughs> and I didn't want to take the chance. You know, we have a our producer is just such a wonderful person. And if I was to get on online and have the show and and all the Wi-Fi and stuff was out and I was clicking in and out, he would have a field day with me. So we're gonna go black next week. I, I didn't mean anything by that, but we're we're, we're gonna go dark ne next week. Uh, and we will return on the twenty eighth 
of January. And this will be a good show for all of you on here because we're going to talk about estate planning. All right. Mm. And we have trust yeah. and, and estate litigator Terry Franklin. Y'all Google him. OK. Google Terry Franklin and find out who he is. He will be here on the 28th to talk about estate planning. And you do not want to miss that show. Believe me. Um, and also, um, and Nigel and Vosh can, can chime in on this. February 26th is going to be our one year anniversary. So viewers, we're going to ask you to, to participate. For some of you who have been coming on every week, and we know some of who you are, you just may get an email asking you to do a video clip for our anniversary show, all right? And for those of you who have been on the show, you are getting a video, a, a, a letter, uh, uh, invitation to develop a, a, a one minute clip and let us know how you feel about the show. So it is coming February 26th. Prepare your voices, your makeup, your lights and everything else because we're coming back at you, okay? Um, our words of the week, every superhero has this superhero identity and civilian identity. A lot of their lives are about code switching. And this was by author Jean Luan Yang. So if you ever thought that your code switching was a problem, consider yourself a superhero. How about that? All right? You, 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 you are a superhero. So once again, we, we, we thank you all. We, we, we got a couple. We got like one minute, actually, before we were signing off. Lee and Donita, you got any parting words real quick? You got about 30 seconds? Lee? Um, Go ahead, Donita. Go ahead, Lee. No, go ahead, go ahead, okay, go 20 ahead. seconds gone. Go ahead, Donnie. Okay. Um, I was going to say, um, I'm, I'm actually glad that you chose to do this topic today. And just to share, because this has been going on for so much longer than what people are aware of, I would definitely say um, W.E.B. Du Bois talked about um, the double consciousness. No. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, he did a book back in 1903 called The Souls of Black Folk. Mm -hmm. Get it. Yep. I think having a historical um, understanding of how long that this has been in existence, even though it's a fairly new term for people today, definitely gives some context to what, what code switching is and what we've been dealing with for, for years. For years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Lee. Uh, code switching, playing playing the game, whatever you want to call it, uh, that's fine. But be yourself. Mm -hmm. Be yourself. Never lose yourself. You know, stay true to yourself. You know, you're smart. You're resourceful. You know what you're made of. And so, don't let anybody ever, ever, ever dissuade you from that. See, okay, we got the right folks, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining our show, Nigel and Vosh. Thank you for a job well done. And we will see you all on the 28th of January on the next episode of He Said. He Said. He Said. <laughs> Y'all have a good night. Take care, everybody. Thank Peace. you. Thank you, Lee. Thank good you, night. Donita.